0: Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. Kenny Dillingham on Sunday... The Marcus Bagley story for the last couple of days. A lot of reasons for us to talk about ASU overall. And there's nobody we'd rather talk about it with than the chief editor of SunDevilSource.com. Frequent guest here on the Burns and Gambo Show. It's always a pleasure to have one Chris Cartman joining us here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Chris, how you doing, man? Hope you're good.
1: I'm doing well. Thanks for having me.
0: Well, we got, uh, we're got. we looking forward to having Coach in studio next Wednesday for three segments, and I know you were all over it uh, and talking about the press conference, and he kind of blew you away the way he did many other people with how emotional he was and how much he wanted to be here. What were some of your takes from his press conference?
1: So. Really, the, the emotion was palpable, but that was not the biggest takeaway for me. Uh, the thing that Kenny Dillingham has, quite obviously, that the last four head coaches that so you have not had is uh, regional and market-specific knowledge, institutional knowledge. Those things go a long way um he's talking about ajo al salsa right like who, <laughs> i, I uh, laughed
0: when he did that i laughed so hard when he did that because it is it's really good salsa
1: right so the point is is he doesn't have to spend the next year to two years or longer learning a bunch of things that Herb edwards todd Brandt, dennis erickson Cutter had to learn. He already knows those things. And then the second thing that I I took from it was how much that he kept hammering relationships and the time that it takes to, to establish those relationships and the value of that. And why that matters more now than any time previously, really, in college football is because of the transfer portal. Right, so Kenny Dillingham or any coach might not get a kid that he spends two, three, four years recruiting uh, coming out of high school, but he has a much better chance of getting that same prospect out of the transfer portal a year or two later. And ASU, as Dillingham said, is going to attack the transfer portal because that's how you can build rosters quickly and turn around the fortunes of your program in a hurry. And especially when you're inheriting a roster that needs an awful lot of that and you don't have a bunch of high school commits who are very good that are already in your coffers. So the, the there's a granular specificity to uh, Kenny Dillingham, that comes with all of the emotional appeal, the rhetoric, right? Todd Graham had a lot of rhetoric. I don't think that he knew necessarily a lot of the things that Kenny Dillingham knows about ASU specifically, building a staff for the region. Uh, you know, he also understands the X's and O's at a high level. He's a you know successful coordinator right now. So there's a lot of things about him that outside of his lack of experience and his youth that are very present that uh, project well for him.
0: Given the, the importance of the transfer, transfer portal, and there's no doubt, as you point out, it kind of looms over everything, I know it's a 3-9 and nine football team, but how important is it for Kenny Dillingham, for any college football coach in today's environment, to re-recruit their players to keep them out of the portal?
1: Very important. Remember last year ASU lost a whole bunch uh, of their better players. Uh Johnny Wilson and Jaden Daniels and Ricky Pearsall and the list goes on and on. Uh Derek Gentry, of course, right, in, in the conference. Um and then Herb Edwards said months later, Oh, you know, I think the one of the most important things is recruiting your own players in the portal. Well, no no duh, right? <laughs> yeah. So we put out on our site that the 20, 10 offensive and 10 defensive players that ASU needs to work hard, to try to keep. And some of those guys are going to be up for big money in, in the, the NIL era, right? Like uh Elijah Badger has a chance to be one of the best receivers in the country. Yep. Jalen Conyers has a chance to be one of the best tight end in the country. So you have to do what it takes from a recruiting standpoint, from a selling them on your scheme standpoint, from an NIL standpoint, all together to be able to keep those guys in the fold because they're really important to what you're trying to do, which is expedite this development.
0: You talk about the relationships. We we all saw, those of us who were live streaming the event from our homes, we, we all saw you know Mr. Lawrence getting up and the, the, the million dollar pledge. It, it costs money to get those guys out of the transfer portal, to keep those guys from going into the transfer portal. I imagine when you talk about relationships, that's that's a huge part of this right i mean that was part of why that moment was such a big deal when it happened because you have to fund the transfer portal and this nil thing in order for you to keep those guys right
1: yes and that's another benefit to kenny Dillingham because he's a scottsdale native so he has already brought in people who are talking about giving money that weren't previously to ASU. And the fan base largely wanted Kenny Dillingham because they viewed it as a, uh, we tried everything else, we tried the NFL coaches and the Power Five coaches and all this stuff. Let's try a homegrown guy who sort of gets it. And I don't know whether or not that was Michael Crow and Ray Anderson sort of caving uh, to what the community wanted because they felt a lot of pressure because of uh, how much scrutiny they were under uh, or whether they also moved enough in the direction direction of an understanding of what college football is really about nowadays. But either way, uh, ASU's main NIL collective had over 200 new members within a day or two of Dillingham uh, being announced. Uh, they had, uh, I think I want to say 200 to $300,000 in new money in addition uh, to the Nap lawrence million dollars. So yes, it's going to take a lot more money. They, there's meetings that are ongoing in this NIL collective world to try to facilitate giving a war chest to ASU football to help keep those guys like Badger and Conyers and others as well.
0: All right, let's talk some ASU basketball. We have a few minutes. I want to get your take on this whole Marcus Bagley situation. Bobby Hurley was on with uh, with Bickley and Murata, and uh, he, he addressed the situation and why uh, you know Bagley wasn't playing. But let me get your thoughts on, on, on what's Transpired with Bagley's tweets and him now being suspended.
1: So really what happened here is Bobby Hurley wanted to keep in-house some stuff that had transpired with Marcus Bagley after the NAU game on November 10th. Bagley um later on admitted that uh he had interaction with Hurley, said some things that he shouldn't have said. Uh, There were people who saw Bagley storm out immediately after that game. He was in a huff. He was talking really loudly and and saying some things. Um, And then Hurley came in to the press conference after, and he talked about the dysfunction of the team from two years ago that had Bagley and Remy Martin, Alonzo Verge, and Josh Christopher uh, said that that was like peak dysfunction. Right, and so uh, it was sort of weird at the time. I didn't really get it, but then I kind of later came to understand that he was talking about not wanting to go back to this to that sort of a, a time. And Marcus Bagley was basically trying to let everybody know that he was healthy, and that wasn't the reason why he was pl- where he wasn't playing. Uh, but Hurley was trying to keep in house the fact that uh, Bagley had. Uh, done some things that he shouldn't have in, in conversations, um, you know, after the NAU game, and maybe even subsequently. And then I don't think that he wanted be tweeting anything about it, and so that's what led to Marcus Matthews then saying that he had uh, been suspended for uh, tweeting that he was wrong. I, I just think that. He just didn't. Early didn't want him tweeting
0: anything. Okay, I've got time for one more. So let me squeeze this in. Bobby said that the problem with him not playing is there's no minutes with the way the other guys
1: are playing in the rotation. There's no minutes. Do you buy that? Well, partly, but that's not the whole story. He he also didn't want to come out and say something that would make Marcus badly look bad, which was kind of the stuff that had happened. He was trying to keep that private. Right. So you can make a case also that Bagley got hurt against NA you got a hit point or you didn't take the, the travel with the team to Houston Baptist or I'm sorry, to Texas Southern. And, um, and then everybody else starts playing well and they're winning games and they're blowing teams out, Michigan. Then they come back, they look really good. They, this is the deepest team that Hurley's had. And so he doesn't need to play Marcus Backley or really anybody else for that matter. So Hurley saying that is that that's, that's true to some degree, but it's not the entire story. Yeah. Uh,
0: Chris, as always, we appreciate the time. And as always, we'll tell everyone who's an ASU fan to get to SunDevilSource.com. It is the best source of SunDevil information on the web. We appreciate it. As always, Chris, thank you, and we'll catch up with you soon, okay? My pleasure. Appreciate you guys. And you got a Chris Cartman joining us, publisher of SunDevilSource.com. We-